about praise this morning. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Hallelujah, all over this city, let's magnify the Lord and lift up His name together. For the Lord, He is good. For the Lord, He is great and He is greatly to be praised. Come on and clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Lift up the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No other name but Jesus. No other name can save us. No other name can heal us. No other name can set us free but the name of Jesus Christ. Come on and lift up your hands and magnify the Lord together. We worship you, O God, and praise your name. Hallelujah. Thank you for filling, filling our homes with your power, filling this place with your presence. We give you praise, Lord, for you are worthy of all praise and adoration. Your blood, Lord, your blood made the difference your name, O oh God, has provided shelter for us. We worship you and praise the holy and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's it. Go ahead and praise his name. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful opportunity we have today to lift up the precious name of the Lord. And what a great privilege it is to be able to open the word of life and minister to you this morning. We're thankful that you have joined with us today, and uh, we continue on. In the name of the Lord, we continue on. Glory to God. Isn't God great? And isn't God doing some amazing things in our midst? We're glad to tell you that two weeks ago in our Resurrection Sunday live, cast, live stream, we received a, uh, an inquiry from California uh, of a person that was watching via live stream asking to be baptized in Jesus' name. I'm glad to tell you that today she's going to be baptized in the precious name of Jesus Christ and to God be all the glory. Amen. We thank Pastor Claiborne in Riverside, California for facilitating that. And this is, uh, this is the way God works. God is doing something great even in these trying times. And we thank God for you, Tree of Life Church. We thank God for you. We're looking forward to being able to worship together again those conversations are underway as we speak uh, we're conducting meetings and discussions and uh, there's of course a fine balance uh, to to strike in terms of coming back uh, because we know that there are there are a myriad of challenges that present themselves uh, not the least of which is the fact that the the virus is still out and about and we want to make sure that the health of every Tree of Life Church member uh, is at first priority. We want to make sure that we, coming down on the back side, if you please, the back side of this mountain, the flattening of the curve as we make our way downward, Lord willing, uh, we don't want to become careless and to uh, create a scenario where there is uh, some kind of a of a problem that could break out and so we're we're being very considerate of that We're also considerate of the fact that people are ready to worship together and people want to worship together And uh, we want that just as badly as as anybody tree of life church loves to be together and to worship God in the beauty of holiness And so we're going to be balancing those things over the over the next little while and we'll be keeping you informed of every development uh, as we proceed, we of course will be paying attention to what our governor says, the state and even national leadership uh, as we approach these, uh, this opportunity of reopening. Uh, we, we want to make sure that we do it with prudence, with wisdom, and with godly discretion. And I want you to know that that is uh, what we are considering and we are having those discussions and, and prayerfully so. We ask that you can you continue to pray for us as we make these decisions. Things might be a little different in 2020. Even when we come back together, there might be some things we have to do to make things uh, a little bit, uh, well, make things safe for the people of God to be able to worship together. And so even when we do come back together, it may may take a little while for things to get completely back to normal. But, but what I want you and I and all of us to understand is that God broke normal. God allowed normal to just kind of break around us. We got comfortable in the way we were doing things. And God has forced us into a position of doing things differently. And because we're his people, 
we acclimate knowing that we can trust him and we're going to see God do even greater things than we have ever seen before. Hallelujah. I can feel the glory of God rising in his church. And we're very thankful for that. And we're thankful for you. We're thankful so much for your faithfulness, for your feedback, for your, for your service to God, the way that you're reaching out to one another in the love of God, the way you're reaching out to the community in the love of God. And we're so grateful for the Tree of Life Church. We are continuing on in Ready Now. As you know, Ready Now is Ready Now. And so we are, this was not a, uh, a speed bump, if you please, that we foresaw, but God did. And when God gave us all those precious promises, He knew this was coming, and His promises remain. And so we are going to continue to look forward to that. And, and because of your faithfulness to God and giving, uh, we are still on the trajectory to accomplish what the Lord has sent us to do in terms of Ready Now. We're going to be hearing from Brother Brian Duvall, our leadership pastor and the Ready Now campaign director. And uh, he's going to give you an update and report on that at this time, Brother Brian Duvall. Praise the Lord, Tree of Life Church. I greet you in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ today. I miss y'all. I miss y'all. I miss y'all. And I just wanted to stop by today and remind you that God is faithful. I want to share with you a Ready Now report. And buckle up because it is a report that is a stark contrast of what you're reading in the headlines. God has blessed the Tree of Life Church. And could you just rejoice with me for that? I'm humbled today to tell you that in the number of weeks that it has been since we've been able to gather together in one place at our home base there on Cooper Road, God has blessed folks to be able to give over $55,000 in offerings to the Ready Now campaign. This is not general offerings. This is not tithe. This is above and beyond. This is the overflow. And I just am so thankful for what God has done. That brings our total, our Ready Now giving total, to greater than $2.13 million. Think about what I just said. God is a good God. And I don't know what you're going through or I don't know what your personal economic situation is right now. But I want to tell you something. God's economy does not work like the economy of the United States of America or like a global economy. His economy is full of blessed assurance. His economy is full of provision and protection. And I don't know exactly what you're facing, but I want you to rejoice today and know that God is with you and that He is faithful. He's faithful. He's constant and unchanging. He's awesome. He's amazing. God is worthy of our praise. You remember King David, that psalmist, that worshiper, that praiser. He said, I once was young and now I am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed begging for bread. King David stopped and he thought about it. He said, when I look back over my life and I think things over, it occurs to me that God is faithful. Hallelujah. I just want you to be encouraged today and be blessed. Give to the Lord. Give to the Lord. If you are able during this season, give to the Lord. God will bless you for it. His promise is sure. His word is forever settled. He will return it to you in ways that we can't measure or even articulate or assume. God is a faithful God. Be blessed today, church family. I love y'all. I miss y'all. I'm looking forward to the word today. Praise the Lord. Amen. We give God praise for that. We give God praise for the blessing of the Lord that, that is allowing us to proceed with what the Lord has placed into our hearts. And we thank God because that means that you, his people, are, are passing the test of the trial of faith. And you're remaining faithful unto the Lord. And we give God praise for that. We love each and every one of you. We want to take a moment and pray for those that are suffering in this crisis. Particularly here at the Tree of Life Church, we want to pray for the Parnell family, Sister Kim Heath. And uh, this family, Brother Darren Parnell, lost his uh, father, uh, Preston Parnell, just this week in the midst of this crisis to, to COVID-19. And we want to pray for this family. And uh, this is Sister Heath's brother. We also want to pray for uh, Brother Ken and Sister Chandra Manuel's family. Uh, Sister Chandra Manuel's great aunt passed away also during this time from this virus. And we are trusting God 
that he will keep our people, keep our families, and bless the people of the Tree of Life Church and strengthen them in this time and just move upon them with his power and his peace. Could you bow your heads with me in your homes and let's pray together in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you and we give you praise for you are great and greatly to be praised. Oh God, you are the great God, the great God who sits high, Lord, the, the heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. You are greater than all things, greater than this virus, greater than every principality or power. I pray, oh God, that that great power would move upon the Parnell, Heath, and Manuel families right now in Jesus' name. That you would wrap your arms around them and strengthen them and encourage them. Bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. I pray, O oh God, that you would just breathe the peace of the Lord upon them and into their hearts and minds. Shelter them in your arms, O oh God, and, and cause them to feel the great comfort of the Holy Ghost that comes to us in times of great trial. Lord, we thank you for this, and we give you the praise. We give you the honor, for you are worthy of the praise. And while, God, we trust your power, we also trust your wisdom. And we ask, O oh God, that you will baptize us anew with fresh faith for the road ahead. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen and amen. Reading from the gospel according to Luke, the second chapter this morning, beginning at the 40th verse. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 40, we will read through to verse 49. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? This morning I would like to preach to you from the word of the Lord on this subject, our Father's business. Our Father's business. Could you just pray with me now over the preaching of the word of God? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that when we mix your word with faith, miracles are produced by the power of your spirit. I pray, O oh God, that today... You will minister to the hearts and the minds, the, the souls of all that hear the word. I pray, Lord, that the spiritual nature of this holy word will, will, will take it upon the wings of the wind and, 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 and into uttermost parts of the earth that we can't even see or, or fathom. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would minister to the heart of each hearer, that we not only be hearers but doers of the word. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise today. We ask for all of this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for your time this morning. Mary, the mother of Jesus, one of the most interesting characters of the word of the Lord, no doubt. She, of course, was prophesied. Her life, her role in the bringing forth of Jesus into the world was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah when he said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and she's going to bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, 
And of course, we know that this name means God with us. She, of course, was no doubt surprised by the developments in her own life because she was, in fact, a virgin. And she was, she was, this was of particular note because it indicated her purity. It reflected the fact that she was pure. She was espoused to Joseph for marriage, and they were prepared for marriage. And then, of course, the Scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit of God overshadowed Mary, and she conceived. And the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, Don't be afraid. That which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost, and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Joseph also needed an assurance from the angel of the Lord. The Lord sent an angel to Mary, and the Lord sent the angel to Joseph. And the angel said the same thing to Joseph, that that which is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Ghost, and and the child's name will be Emmanuel, God with us, letting Joseph know that this is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy that a virgin would conceive and bring forth a son. There is no telling what the townspeople must have thought about Joseph and Mary in that time. In fact, Joseph even put her away privately, the Bible says. He was very protective of her because of the nature of this uh, challenge. This is the way it began. For Jesus Christ to be formed in the womb of Mary and the Bible said made of a woman made under the law brought forth into the world. And then of course we see that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. We can relate a little bit with Mary in the way that Jesus Christ was formed within her. The Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians chapter 4 verse 19 and dealing with the Galatian people explain to them look I'm I'm travailing over you in the same way that a woman would travail in giving birth until Christ be formed in you he said until Christ be formed in you he let us know that that even the way Christ is formed in us is similar to the way that Christ was formed in Mary and in the way that A child is formed in the womb. There is a maturation process that occurs. And it is not always easy. In fact, a lot of times it's uncomfortable. A lot of times there is great pain involved. But this is the reality. He said, I will travail until Christ be formed in you. So you you and I, we must allow that process to unfold that process of allowing Jesus to grow in our lives. This isn't just something that you get quickly and then you move on. No, no, it is a growing process. The apostle Peter said that we're like newborn babes and that we desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. The apostle Paul even described that there are some people who who will drink milk because of their spiritual maturity or lack thereof, and that, and that then there is meat that they should have, and that just as you would wean a child from certain foods and into other foods, the same is true of the spiritual man that God is forming in us. What is God forming in us? He's forming Christ in us. He's making us to be like Jesus. The old song says, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. On earth I long to be like him. Hallelujah. So we want to be like Jesus, but it's a growing process, and it takes time, and it is a, it is a forming of Christ in us. And, and just as Joseph and Mary met resistance and rejection, you and I will meet resistance and rejection as Christ is being formed in us. Just as Joseph and Mary had to take special measures and go certain places, we too have to take special measures. This happens for every child of God. You know what I'm talking about. Those those that used to 
be friends with you when you stopped doing certain things, acting certain ways, participating in certain activities because it was sinful or detrimental to your spiritual health. All of a sudden, there's a rejection of you. There's a resistance of you. And you, you realize not everybody's celebrating. Some people are pointing fingers of accusation. To the Apostle Paul, everybody turned on him when he became a Christian. They turned on him and said that he was now a heretic. You know what the Apostle Paul said? He said, they can call it whatever they want to call it. He said, after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. Listen, no matter what resistance you may face, no matter what rejection you may feel, you go on ahead and worship God, serve God, obey God, live for God. You'll never regret it. Christ is being formed in you. Oh, hallelujah. And Christ is being formed in us. When we're worshiping, there's a formation of the likeness of Christ. When we're fasting and praying, when we're going through trials, we talk a lot of times about how that trials have not come to destroy us, but have come to beautify us, perfect us, purify and refine us. What do we mean by that? We mean that the fiery trial comes to form Christ in us to make us a little bit more like Jesus with every passing challenge that the child of God may face. And that's where Mary was. Mary was raising Christ up to be who he is to be. And the Bible gives us one little glimpse of his childhood. We don't get many insights into the childhood of Jesus, but we get one glimpse into his childhood in the gospel according to Luke here. In our text, Luke describes how that Jesus at 12 years of age, at the feast of Passover, when they went to Jerusalem, the Bible says that, that they did what they went to do and then they turned around to, to go back home and there they are in the caravan, heading back to where they came from. Now Jesus wasn't with them, but they assumed that he was in the caravan with them, with family or acquaintance. And, and only to find out when they needed something from him and called to him, they learned he was not there. And, and, and we read about how Joseph and Mary panicked and they ran back to Jerusalem. They ran back to the marketplace and they, they began to search frantically. The Bible says they searched for three days for Jesus. They searched for him for three days. And after three days, they located Jesus. And where was Jesus? He was in the temple. And he was talking to the doctors of the law and the lawyers. He was speaking to those who were skilled in the Torah, understanding the things of the old covenant. And as he spoke to them, the Bible said they were astonished at him. The doctors of the law, the lawyers, they were astonished at his understanding. And they were astonished at his answers. They were hearing questions from him. And these were questions that were unlike any other questions. He, he was astounding those who were so capable of understanding the law or so they thought. But Jesus was bringing a perspective to it that they had never considered before. And they were left astonished. Now, Joseph and Mary gathered him up and said, now listen, wait a minute you got to stick with us. you got to stay with us like any good parents would do. And, and I think it's worth noting that the Bible said he went with them and was subject unto them. It shows you again his level of submission, that he was subject unto them. And he grew in wisdom, and he grew in stature, and he grew in favor with God and with man. But I think we can also relate with Joseph and Mary with the panic they felt, because something was shifting in the life of Jesus. He was no longer a babe in a manger. He was no longer a toddler. He had grown. He had developed. He had grown in wisdom and in stature. The Bible describes that to us, that the child was filled with wisdom, and he was waxing strong in spirit, and that the grace of God was upon him. And he understood things about the Torah that, that perhaps not everybody understood. And he, he was ready to talk about it. And things were changing. He was no longer the little toddler running around the, the living room. He was no longer the little kid 
But now he's 12 years old and he's making a transition into, into young teenage years. And things are beginning to change in the way that he thinks and in the way that he acts and in his interests. And, and Joseph and Mary were not prepared for that. They were coming back home. Everything was in its place. Everything was where it needed to be. Everybody was in their proper seat. Everybody had their proper place in the caravan. Everybody was good. We got the family here. We got acquaintances here. Check, check, check. Check those boxes. We got everything where we want it to be. Let's head on home. But Jesus was no longer in the caravan. We can relate to that in this most recent crisis. Because we've gotten used to Jesus a certain way. We've gotten used to Jesus in a certain capacity. We've got him, we've got him in our caravan. We know right where to find him. We know right where he fits. We've got him in our little 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning time slot. We've got him at 6477 Cooper Road, Cincinnati, Ohio. We've got Jesus figured out, placed, properly placed. And we know right where he is, but I'm going to tell you something. Jesus, oh hallelujah, is active with or without our permission. When Joseph and Mary found him, they came to him, and Jesus said to them, Wist ye not? That's an interesting word, wist. It's where we get our word wisdom. It has to do with knowledge. He said, Wist ye not? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I know it messed up your schedule, I know it messed up your plans. I understand, I understand. You had the caravan all lined up. You had to make a big U-turn. It made everybody feel inconvenienced and put out. But don't you understand that I must be about my father's business? I can't just stick to the schedule the way you want me to stick to the schedule. Don't you know that there's work to be done and that there's stuff only God can do? That there's miracles and that there, are, that there are teachings and that there are understandings and answers and revelations that must be provided. He said, I must be about my father's business. And I think that's similar to where we are right now. We've got everything where it needs to be. We had everything in place, didn't we? We had all our stocks in place. We had all our savings in place. We had all of our plans in place. We had a calendar chock full of stuff for 2020. We were looking forward to it, and we had every reason to think it would all unfold just as we had expected, and we get halfway down the trail or just even two, three months into the trail, and we start looking around and say, wait a minute, where's Jesus? Wait a minute, we took off, and we didn't make sure that God in flesh was in the midst. And so our schedule gets interrupted and the caravan gets stopped and the U-turn has to happen and we have to go back and revisit our plans and we have to hunker down and shelter in place and we have to get into a position of trying to figure out, okay, where is Jesus? I'll tell you where Jesus is. He's about our father's business. I'll tell you where Jesus is. He's engaging and interacting and transacting, hallelujah, in the father's business. This is about God's kingdom, not my kingdom. This is about God's kingdom, not your kingdom. This is about the Father's business. Oh, hallelujah. And God is up to something. You and I can't even predict what God is up to. We might as well stop trying to figure it out and just follow him. I remember a few years ago when I had a conversation with the Lord in prayer and I was I was thinking of the phrase, Jesus follower, Jesus follower. It'd become a kind of a catchphrase, a Jesus follower. And I felt the Lord ask me, are you a Jesus follower? I, of course, claim to be a Jesus follower. I thought I was a Jesus follower, and so I felt like I could say yes, but I felt like I was being challenged and, and that maybe I was being taught something. And so I just said, Lord... Lord, I want to be a Jesus follower. And he simply asked me, then where are you? Because I am. And he listed a hospital and he listed a, a place, a room, a name, a person. And said, that's where I am right now. Where are you? 
It taught me something about following God and following the leadership of the Holy Ghost, following the leadership of Jesus as he is about our Father's business. And I, and I realized that I, I can get so caught up in trying to be busy about my kingdom and about my things and about what interests me and even spiritualize some of it and put a label on it that this is, this is what God wants me to do. But in fact, there needs to be a following of Jesus, not, not Jesus following me, me following Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, take up your cross and follow me. If you want to know where Jesus is, he is doing his, the business that only he can do. He is doing the work that only he can do. Let me tell you how the business of our father. Here's the business of our father. He said it's like a merchant man who sold everything he had looking for goodly pearls. And when he found the pearl of great price, he sold everything that he had just for the pearl of great price. He said this is the father's business. The father's business has to do with a merchant man who found a treasure that was hid in the field. And he sold everything he had so that he could find that one treasure that was hidden inside that field. I want to tell you what the Father's business is. The Father's business is us saying, Lord, none of this matters to me. All that matters to me is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I know that if I'll do that, all these other things shall be added unto me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be about your business. Be about our Father's business. Don't be about your kingdom. Be about our Father's kingdom. Don't be about your priorities. Be about our Father's priorities. Hallelujah. That's where Jesus is right now. He's healing and he's setting free and he's delivering and he's revealing. Hallelujah. That's why people are turning to the Lord right now. That's why we can preach this message and somebody in some other nation can be convicted to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's why we can preach this morning and somebody on another continent can be convicted and repent of their sins because this is the Father's business. And the Father's business doesn't need a building. And the Father's business doesn't need an address. The Father's business doesn't need a mountain or a temple. He said, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to tell you what's happening in our world. The Father's business is coming front and center. It's not it's not the world's business that is being prioritized. It's the Father's business that's being prioritized. That's why you see economies shaking. That's why you see entertainment shaking. That's why you see sports shaking. That's why you see businesses shaking. Governments shaking. Politics shaking. Medicine is shaking. Everything that can be shaken shall be shaken because it's time for the Father's business to come front and center. Oh, hallelujah. I want to know where your business has been focused, where your, where your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit has been focused. The Lord is focused on eternity. He's focused on what lasts because soon all of this will fade away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. He said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves do break through and steal. I, I want you to understand that what we've witnessed with this coronavirus, both in terms of its physical calamity and also the economic calamity that has been a byproduct. It's a classic example of how treasures on this earth are corrupted by moth and rust. And it's a place where thieves can break through and steal. But Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. These treasures are treasures that are beyond the reach of a virus. These treasures are treasures that are beyond the reach of a pandemic. 
that are beyond the reach of an economic collapse, that are beyond the reach of a great depression, that are beyond the reach of war and poverty and politics. No, sir, no, ma'am. Don't place your treasures upon this earth. Place your treasures on, on things of heaven. Set your affection not on things on the earth, but set your affections on things above. That's where the Father's business really matters. Now hear what I'm telling you. God operates in the earth. In fact, you and I, we are comprised of body, soul, and spirit. That means we are one-third visible and we are two-thirds invisible. If God is, and, and he has, we've already seen miracles of God uh, in people's bodies through this through this virus, miracles of God in people's bodies. Folks, there's not a cure for this. There's not a cure for this. And there aren't even real effective treatments for it. So when you see that recovery rate rising, you better praise God for his miracle working power. Those are miracles. Those aren't things that happen by chance. Those are healings and those are miracles. And we ought to give God praise for them. Hallelujah. But God, if he's not performing a miracle in your body, it's because he's performing a miracle in your soul and, and or in your spirit. The invisible part. God will deal with the invisible thing even before he deals with the visible thing. We often want God to perform a miracle in our body and God says, I, I, I actually am not here just to minister to the body. I will when that is what is needed. But, 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 my main concern is that invisible part because this body is going to pass away, but that invisible part is going to live forever somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. You better hear this preacher. That invisible part of you is going to live somewhere forever, and God is interested in saving your soul. God is interested in filling you with his spirit. That's where God's interest is. That's our Father's business. That's why God became a man. That's why God was manifest in the flesh. That's why God entered into this world as the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, so that he could do the work of God in the earth. Oh, hallelujah to God. If the voice of the blood of righteous Abel we're able to speak to you today, he would say it is time to offer a more excellent sacrifice. If Noah, the preacher of righteousness who found grace in the sight of God could preach to you today, he would say there's a flood coming and it's time to get into the ark of God. Hallelujah. If the patriarch Abraham could, could preach to you today, he would say it's time to leave your father's kindred and look for a city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. If Moses, the prophet, could preach to you today, he would say, let my people go. It is time to look for a promised land. Glory to God. If, if Joshua could preach to you today, he would say, rise up, for the Lord have given us the city. If David could preach to us today, he would say, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Hallelujah. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. If Isaiah could preach to you today, Day, he would say, awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. If Ezekiel could preach to you today, he would say, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. If Zechariah could preach to you today, he would say, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. If the apostle Paul could preach to you today, he would say that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed if the apostle John could preach to you today he would say ye are of God little children and have overcome them for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world love not the world neither the things that are in the world for if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him if Peter could preach to you today he would say repent and be baptized 
baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I've come here today to tell you that this world is crashing around us. This world is crumbling around us. The prophets have foretold it for centuries. The preachers have preached about it for years. You're seeing it before your very eyes. It's time to look unto the hills. It's time to lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Glory to God. Glory to God. You say, you're trying to scare me, preacher? I am not, in all honesty. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to awaken you. I'm coming into your room and and shaking your shoulders, saying, wake up, wake up. Salvation is here. Redemption is here. You can have destruction or you can have deliverance. You can have destruction or you can have deliverance. Glory to God. It's time. It's time to be saved. It's time to repent. It's time to be baptized in Jesus' name. It's time to receive the Holy Ghost. It's time to look to the Lord. It's time, oh merchant man, to sell all you have and get that one pearl of great price. It's time to sell all you have and look for that one treasure that is hidden in the field. Hallelujah. There was a rich young ruler who said, I have kept all the law from my youth until now. And Jesus said, you have kept all the law, but you lack one thing. He said, what do I lack? He said, sell all you have and give to the poor. And the rich young ruler walked away. And Jesus, as he walked away, said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. What do you have that you need to to say, Lord, this doesn't matter to me anymore. All that matters to me is serving you. All that matters to me is being saved, seeing my family saved, seeing my children serve you. All that matters to me is to worship you and to glorify your name. And, And as I'm saying this, I can almost hear somebody's thoughts say, what are you trying to tell me that I shouldn't be focused on on career and responsibility? No, no, you missed it. No, 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 you missed it. If you try to accomplish those things, you're going to produce thorns and thistles. But if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then God will add all of the things you are pursuing. He will add to you what you need and more. He said, I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. I can feel his presence. I can feel his presence. Could you just close your eyes with me right now? Lord, I thank you for I thank you for your people. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you are ministering to us even now. Oh, God, we praise you and we lift your name. We worship you and honor you. We can feel the closeness, Lord. We can feel the closeness of your coming. We can feel even the closeness of your judgment. We can see, oh God, we can see your mighty hand at work, your mighty, mysterious hand at work. We can see it. And we turn to you, O Lord. We turn our hearts to you. We turn our minds to you. We turn our lives to you. Oh God, help us, I pray, to repent. Help us, I pray, to turn from wicked ways. Help us, I pray, O Lord, to give all of our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, help us to turn all of our hearts to you, O God. Help us to turn our life to you, O Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for your word today. I thank you, Jesus, for an opportunity to pray. I thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Tree of life and those that are tuning in, can you hear me? Hear what I'm telling you. My my greatest concern is that when all of this is said and done, and who knows what things will look like at that point, none of us can predict it. My greatest concern is that somebody will not have turned their heart to God. And they'll chalk this up as another narrow escape and go back to their fleshly, worldly, carnal ways. Don't let that be said of you. The Lord has given you a a fair warning, a space of grace.
to turn your heart to him. Oh, hear ye the word of the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's not something to fear unless you're not ready. And guess what? If you're not ready, right now, today, God has in his loving kindness and tender mercy, he has given you an opportunity to turn your heart to him. Thank you, Jesus. What, what business are you about? Are you about the business of this world that's crashing down? Or are you about your father's business? I know the caravan has come to a stop. I know that the religion as usual, business as usual, politics as usual, economy as usual, medicine as usual, everything as usual has just come to a complete standstill. Why? Because Jesus is off doing his own thing. He's confounding those in the temple. He's confounding religion. He's confounding politics. He's confounding all of the wise men and the soothsayers. He's, he's confounding every institution of our world right now. I'm not, I want you to understand. Jesus is going to work his glory in the midst of this crisis. Now we don't know where coronavirus came from. We don't know, we don't know. I'm not saying it came from God. I'm simply saying that in the midst of this, he's going to work a work. Hallelujah. He's going to work a work of divine power and divine pro proportion. Just reach out right now and receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on, in your home, lift up your hands and say, Lord, do your work in me. Do your work in me. Lord, I want to live for you. Lord, I really want to live for you. Lord, I really want to serve you. Lord, I don't want to go back to the way that I once lived. I don't want to go back to, to living carnally and to living hypocritically. I want to serve you with all of my heart, and all of my soul, all of my mind, and all of my strength. Come on, right there in your home, let it happen in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for tuning in today. Let the presence of the Lord fill your home as we worship together in Jesus' name. I'll just say yes. You.